Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast, episode 256 for March 26th, 2018. Today's guest is filmmaker Emmett Jack Lundberg, who created the amazing series, I Really Love It So Much. And it's the first narrative series to showcase stories of trans men. Brothers is the name of the series. I'm your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and vegan activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with artists who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for a little over 12 years. You can subscribe using the colorful buttons on the right-hand side of the blog post you're looking at right now if you haven't subscribed already. And if you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at michaelherron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at michaelherron. And leave a voicemail at 347-460-1753 or email me at mikeypod at gmail.com. Hello. That was a really podcasty intro. Last week's was a little low on energy, uh, so I'm trying to bring it, trying to make up for it this week. Hopefully, I didn't get too carried away. So, I'm in the last week of my 30 days of wellness with Mark Wood and Jamie Robinson. I think I told you, of course I did. I talked to you about this last week and the week before. I've been, um, I won a contest that they were offering their services, which is an amazing prize. <laughs> um, so, in a nutshell, I saw each of them twice a week. Mark Wood is a nutritionist and a chef, and Jamie Robinson is a personal trainer. Um, both are ridiculously knowledgeable, and my whole reality is shifted. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain that, um, and it, and I feel like I need to because it's I, I don't know. I've been struggling for a long time with getting my eating and my exercise in check, right? Like over the past few years, I've gotten really on top of my creativity and my uh, output, you know, like uh, putting out this podcast. I have a show called The Animal Show, which I wrote. Uh, it's a multimedia performance piece. I wrote a show before that called Tentative Armor. I'm feeling very successful in terms of living the sort of creative life I want to live. Um, of course, there's always, you know, um, goals of improving in that area, but it feels really solid. What doesn't feel solid, and especially is my energy level, my fitness level, my walking around and jiggling level. Um, these are all things that I don't feel comfortable with. And and I just, by myself, I could not get on top of it. Um, I kept trying and, and I ran, I run a fair amount. You know, I'm a kind of three mile runner. Um, and but then it gets very sporadic and hard to get rolling again. My eating, I thought my eating was moderately okay, but now like beginning my fourth week of this like completely whole foods eating, um, I realize my eating sucked, <laughs> and I didn't know how bad it was until now that I'm at the end of this month of eating like literally only whole foods. I haven't had any sugar. I haven't had any oil, and. I, uh, that's not true. There's been like teensy, teensy, teensy amounts of oil. Teensy, that's a medical word. I don't know if you, if you know, if you may not be um, a scholar like me to know, understand what teensy means. Um, I love those moments when I make a funny joke that isn't funny. Anyway, so uh, the thing that's really shifted, and I made a YouTube video about this last week. I can't remember if I talked about it on the podcast, where I had a day where I was just like, um, man, feeling really defeated in advance, right? So I was like, yeah, I'm 
two weeks into this thing, but I'm not going to stick to this. There's no way. There's no way I'm going to just might as well just, you know, like it was the kind of day where if I didn't have the support from Jamie and Mark and this whole like idea of I'm doing this for 30 days, um, I would have given up. I, I know it was the type of mindset where I'm just like, oh, this I'm just a bad like I don't know if it's bad person or a loser, but it's just this like self-sabotage type thing. And I have this challenge in other areas of my life. Anyway, it's really interesting to come up against that sort of um, self-sabotage. I guess that's the best way to say it and be like, well, can't give up today because I got to go meet Jamie and go work out in the park. Um, And having that, like doing the opposite behavior from what I wanted to do, right? Like it was, it was coming up in my head, like, uh, you're going to fail at this, give up. And I couldn't give up because I had to go meet the trainer. And then he was giving me all this positivity and it made me realize like how heavy those voices can be. And it was devastating is maybe a big word. It was rough. It was really rough to realize like, oh, fuck, I think really poorly of myself in this way. Um, so the, the, the result of like continuing that through that, you know, like even though it took some outside <laughs> influence for me to do it, is that, you know, I, I can't say that those thoughts are gone but I have a really strong understanding of how those thoughts affect everything else around me and how I make choices in my life and the places of the, the places in my life that I can look at and think, oh, those aren't, I'm not living up to my potential in those areas. And it's even in the creativity zone, right? Um, and then the next thought is how great and amazing <laughs> these areas could be if I didn't think like that. So um, <laughs> we brought in, uh, they brought in Jamie, Jamie's <clears throat> fiance, um, Melissa. And I had a session with her. She's a life coach and an astrologer and things are rolling. I don't know, like, I'm not sure what to comment on about that part of it yet. And I feel like I've talked about this too much. So I think next week I'll talk more about this because the, by the time I record next week's podcast, I will have had a second session with Melissa. I will have had um, one more session with Mark. I'm having my last session with Mark on Wednesday and I'm meeting with Jamie on Monday and Friday. So the next time I talk to you, I will have been through all of that. And it's going to be an interesting reflection. And the next month it's going to be even more interesting because I'm committed to moving, to continuing this way of life. Um, and that's the thing. Like, that's what I wanted to get back to was having a way of life and not a drudgery. You know, not a like, oh, I got to do this. Instead, like right now, like at the end of this month, I, I keep having these seconds, these little flashes of thought of like, oh, I'm going to go get pizza. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. And then there's a really big part of me that's like, Maybe I'm not going to do that. You know, like it feels like it's going to be over and I can celebrate by eating a bunch of crappy food. But what a unkind way to celebrate. You know, like what if I celebrate by going another month of taking really great care of myself? What would that be like? And I, I'm aware of like fat shaming, etc. And so I don't want to 
make this all so much about weight, but I lost a lot of weight already. Like in a, my last weigh-in was last week and I had lost 6.5 pounds in two weeks. So I weigh in again on Tuesday, but you know, like that's my personal goal. Um, I feel lumpy. I feel heavy. I feel like I want to have more energy and be carrying less dead weight. Like that's where I'm at with that. And of course I don't, feel comfortable in my clothes. I don't feel comfortable. Like summer's coming and it's always like, Ugh, can I, do I, can I please wear a hoodie even though it's 90 degrees? <laughs> you know, like I don't want to feel, uh, ugh, this is a really touchy area, isn't it? Anyway, I've been going on too much. Um, I, I feel, I, I would feel better with less fat on my body. There we go. So, um, holy shit. How long did I go on about that? A really long time. Um, the book is well underway. I got a draft from Luke Curtis, who was a genius, flipping through the book and seeing photos from my various shows, photos I took at sanctuaries. Um, for those who don't know, um, the, the book is called The Animal Book. There will be an album called The Animal Album, and it's all based on my multimedia show, The Animal Show, which I wrote while in residence at Tamerlane Farm Animal Sanctuary, as well as on tour last summer. I, I wrote some more pieces of the show, and there are going to be even more pieces in the book. Uh, it's being designed by Luke Curtis at BD Studios. Um, links to all that will be at MikeyPod.com. This thing is happening, y'all. I'm super excited. The bonus content this week will be uh, bonus content for patrons, uh, subscribers at uh, $5 or more, um, an extended interview with Emmett Jack Lundberg. And let me tell you, these extended interviews are so good. This one is especially good. Um, it's kind of like I do the regular interview and then I'm like, okay, let's talk some more. And I, I have like the intention of having a more relaxed, but um, maybe a more personal conversation. And, you know, Emmett has been on the podcast before, so I was already comfortable talking to him. But, you know, like, it's kind of like the main podcast is the warm up, um, and the next part is this deeper. Ah, and I almost want to bring some of that into the main podcast. It's just interesting working this out because I feel like the things we talked about um, were really good, and I feel like they should be shared uh, widely. So uh, it's a little, it's really tricky because part my goal in this podcast is to raise up other artists and to spread the word about them and um, connect with other people and have these amazing conversations about how we're all trying to literally change the world with the art we're creating. Uh, so yeah, so anyway, this one's for patrons only. You should be a $5 or more subscriber. You can go to michaelherron.com slash, pa- uh, sorry, patreon.com slash michaelherron. Uh, and I release podcasts uh, just for patrons once a week. And so far it's been extended interviews with the main, with the guests that's on the main podcast. Um, lots of other things. And if you join Patreon right now, you'll be getting a lot of behind the scenes stuff. I'm sharing um, mixes like that are in progress for the album. All of this is coming out on um, June 21st. And if you're a patron, you also get free tickets to shows and uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, it's a, it's a, Pretty good deal. So there you go. Um, Blueberry. I am hosted on Blueberry and I love them. (laughs) If you want to start a podcast, do it. Uh, Start a podcast, a blog. I love this part of the internet where we can just make our own shit and put it up and people can take it or not take it. It's amazing. If you'd like to start a podcast, let me know because I'd love to help you and um, use my affiliate code, MikeyPod. 
at Blueberry, and you'll get a free month of hosting or stats. Um, but if you get the hosting, it comes with stats. So if you, anyway, MikeyPod is the code. Uh, there are links at MikeyPod.com. If you like this always free podcast or the many other things I create, tell a friend, leave a review, like, subscribe, all the things. And especially, I'd love your support at Patreon.com slash Michael Heron, where you can get access to all kinds of cool stuff in exchange for as little as a dollar a month. I'd love to connect with you there and connect this energy in a deeper way. It's a, it's a really cool thing, this Patreon thing. And I'm super big on it. And I support a lot of artists there. Um, I'm Yeah, love it. Um, before we get to the interview, I'd like to play some music for you. A fellow vegan musician, Animal. This track is called Chemicals, and it's from their forthcoming album, which I now realize I don't know the name of. But Animal will be on the podcast uh, pretty soon, so um, you can find out more about it then. Here's uh, Chemicals by Animal.
Joining me back on the podcast for a second time is filmmaker Emmett Jack Lundberg, who created the Brothers series, which is so beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Michael. Uh, I felt like I was being like a slacker by waiting until this morning to watch. Um, <laughs> but it was perfect because I'm so like, it's so good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> sure. Like, um, it's been a while since I watched the first season. Well, I guess I should back up. Um, and maybe you can give us the nutshell about what um, Brothers series is. Yeah. So uh, Brothers is and was, continues to be the first um, narrative series to focus on trans men. And we also cast trans actors in all the main roles. So we started in 2014 with our first season. Um, and I think when we started, we kind of had no idea where, you know, what we were getting into in terms of like being the first, being one of the only representations of trans men and kind of how that would uh, take us on the rest of our journey. Yeah. And, and is this still one of the only representations of trans men in a, in a, in a series like this or? It's definitely, yeah. One of the few, I mean, I've seen like a couple other things, but nothing that's really kind of continuing the way that we are. Yeah. Um, it's so good. Did I mention Thank that? You. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, that, it's been a while since I watched the first season, but am I right that the production level has like leapt leaps and bounds? Yes, yes. I mean, every time we make, you know, we've had we've kind of had breaks in between um, episodes, in between seasons, mostly because of funding. Obviously, that's always like a thing that we have to work on. But each time we come back to it, that's always our goal. You know, we learn we learn things from from each time that we're shooting and when we come back, we want to be like, okay, well, we did this before. Now, how can we improve on that? And how can we make a better product? I think we've always had this kind of intimacy and this authenticity, but we're just continuing to um, make it look more and more professional. Yeah, I think that's what was so like, I feel so moved by seeing that. I mean, I, I guess I always watch things from a like creative perspective too, just like, oh, like, Emmett did this, you know, like, <laughs> but I, you, it still has the same intimacy and sincerity and r relaxed pace that I really enjoyed about the first season. But it's, I'm happy. Like, yeah, I'm happy yeah, to hear that. <laughs> it's so polished and like beautifully shot. Oh, it's so good. But the first season was great, too. Like, I'm, that's not to say that it wasn't already. No, but no, no. But we know. I mean, you know, we had. The, the last episode, the one that you just watched, we had probably the largest budget that we've ever had. So that helped a lot. Um, and we were finally able to pay everyone involved, which was an amazing thing for me, being able to hire and pay trans people. Mm. So, um, you know, it felt like a new step, which is great. Yeah. And you had a big crew too, right? Like I watched the behind the scenes thing. And in some ways I found that even more moving. I think because I'm a person who like is trying to create things as well. I'm like, yeah. look at that. You've got a crew. <laughs> like, oh, it's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. We were, we're, you know, it's still a pretty tiny crew um, in terms of the way productions go, but, and we like to keep it that way. We like, we, we like to be intimate and we, we think that kind of helps with creating what we want to create, but it is really fantastic to be able to have people 
who are devoted to their specific roles, who know what they're doing, who um, Sham and I, who's the Sham, the producer, who we can say, you know, this is what we want and they'll do it. And we can concentrate on the more creative aspects of what we're doing. Mm. Yeah. Like it was interesting to see that there's a, a sound. Is that the, is the person that's on set also called a sound mixer? Yes, he is our sound mixer, Jesse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something about that, because I've been sort of like on my own, like delving into just creating different videos. And like yeah. the whole idea of like, oh, someone else is worrying about audio, like that must be an amazing feeling. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that is fantastic because, I mean, we, we've had him on since the second episode of our first season. Our pilot was the only one where we attempted to kind of do our own audio, which is a really difficult thing to do. Um, and that was mainly because, you know, when we shot the pilot, we were like, here's $100. We're just going to do what we can do on our own and see what comes out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, have very little knowledge about the actual technical part of the audio and being able to have someone who is that is their job that's his like focus and that's what he's good at you know is amazing especially because we trust him he's been with us for so long we know like we can just be like okay jesse's gonna get what we need to get so the episode i watched this morning was trevor am i still one episode behind was that the newest one no that is the newest episode trevor that's right okay um that that doctor scene, like, I don't want to give spoilers. Yeah. I think it's okay. Like (laughs) a little, like that is the thing that I think is so special. Special feels like a (laughs) placate, like not the right word. Yeah. But but seeing that scene, like I knew about, uh, well, maybe can you talk about that? Like that? Yeah. Yeah. So without obviously giving away too much, um, there is a scene where we see our main character, Trevor, who's one of our new characters, going to the gynecologist, which um, can be a whole big thing for a trans man. You know, um, we kind of see him in the waiting room surrounded by all these cisgender women, and then we see him actually in the exam room with the doctor. And... Um, that scene specifically was, especially on set, it was a really uh, hard scene because we had a lot of trans folks working with us and everyone knew the, the gravity of this scene and what it was going to be and kind of how it, what it meant to them, you know, I mean, to see and to shoot and to do all these things. So um, it's really, it was an intense scene, but I think it worked really well. And I think like what you're, you're saying is, you know, these are the things that I think a lot of cis people don't think about and are not aware of in the trans experience. These kind of like day-to-day things that are a big deal, even though it's like just going to the doctor, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what is so powerful about incorporating, I don't know if you would call it activism, but telling these type of stories, you know, like as a cis man, I can watch the scene. And I mean, I know I still don't get it completely, yeah. but I can watch the scene. And, and it was a, it was a challenge I knew existed, but yeah. seeing it played out in a story that I can relate to, you know, or, or it, it's a story that I can relate to, you know, like it, it's so, so powerful and like a beautiful thing. I, that's one of the things I really love about what you're doing with the series. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I think I, I shy away a little bit from the word activist because Mm. I, 
I don't feel like that's my, um, I guess my number one focus. I, I, I'm not like out there, uh, on the streets or, or like really doing those type of things. But I do feel like as an artist, it's important for me to tell these stories, especially stories that aren't being told and that kind of, uh, shed light on an experience that is not really visible. I'm realizing as I've been, cause I've been specifically talking to people like we've talked before on the podcast, but in the past couple of months, I've been really focusing on people. I've been calling it act artist activists or active mm-hmm. artists or artists who are working to change the world. Mm-hmm. And it sounds a little like <laughs> big, but, um, at part of, I think what's going on with me is I'm trying to figure out why this is so special and why communicating these sort of ideas or telling stories that aren't being told and need to yeah. be, why it's so effective. And I'm not sure I still know, other than the fact that it's a it's a, a little bit more easily relatable. Like, do you have yeah. thoughts on it, any of that? Yeah, it is more, it, it's definitely more accessible, I would say. You know, I think it's easier for people to um, connect with stories, first of all, and stories that are, I guess, expressing emotions or feelings that they they have felt. You know, they, they may not have been in these situations, but I think anyone can relate to feeling nervous about going to the doctor or feeling uncomfortable or those type of things, you know, like what we, what our goal is really this kind of emotional connection with the audience. And that's, I think where, where these, I don't know, these connections, these, whatever, these come in, like, this is how people are going to understand that everyone is human. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the extra level of knowing that the actor in that scene is a trans guy too. Like, so, you know, like just realizing like, oh, even like if I like break out of being in the story and I think Mm -hmm. of it as a, this is an actor playing a role. It's an actor playing a role, having an experience that the person had. Like I'm no, you know, like it's really like. Yes. Yes. Sid, who is uh, the actor who plays Trevor, um, there's a part that I love in the behind the scenes footage where he's talking about playing this character, but also, you know, being a trans man, being able to play a trans character and the level of authenticity he can bring because of Mm. that. Yeah. Um, All the, the trans characters are played by trans men. Yeah. Yes. I'm curious. And I'm also curious on behalf of people who are, casting cis people to play mm-hmm. trans men like was it difficult to find these actors you know it is it is actually still difficult um we even now like when we started it was it was really difficult to get people on board because we you know we were new no one knew who we were um i think now we have a little bit more reach and we have more people uh contacting us who are interested but there's still not this crazy huge um, kind of mass of people like who are either auditioning or coming out to be a part of it. And I think it, it it's difficult to cast trans people, but it's not impossible. You know, mm. there's, I, I, I'm not really sure if it's just that the numbers are, are much lower 
or if there is an accessibility thing, which I think could also be happening. Um, but I do, I do feel that even as a trans writer, filmmaker, creator, and being in the community, it's not like I don't know a lot of trans people, but I think for me, I'm at the point in this project that I am going to cast the best person for the role. I mean, they're still going to be trans, but I, but I am going to be specific about who I want to cast. Going into this season two, um, what, how is it different for you personally? Like having a bigger, you know, access. I mean, I know it's not like massive, huge mm-hmm. um, budget and crew and all that kind of stuff, but just at, like from a creative standpoint, what, how is it different for you? It's, you know, it, it's kind of, um, there's, there's kind of like a good and a bad that comes along with it. I mean, not really bad, but the good is that, as I was saying before, I feel like I have more space and more time to focus on the creative part of it. And I can be more, uh, in line with doing what I want to do. And I'm not kind of worrying about, is everyone going to get lunch? You know, are people going to be able to get there on time? Those type of things. So we have people who can, deal with the little stuff that has to happen in order to make the whole production move. Um, But it it is kind of like, okay, it's growing. It's almost like, uh, I mean, Sham and I always talk about this project as like, this is our baby, right? So it's growing up and you kind of have to let it go a little bit, which is hard. You have to like trust that other people are going to do good for it, just like you would. Mm-hmm. Um, and release some of the the things that you are focused on. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> you know, it's nice to remember, like, it's not all like, oh, everything's magical and perfect now. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, you know, of course, the bigger you get, the bigger things, there's, there's going to be different things to worry about and think about. And, um, you know, we we're hopeful that we're going to continue to move forward and move up and, um kind of I don't know I guess we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with the rest of this season but um the fur- the further we go forward I think it's going to continue to bring on more people and that just means more figuring out where everyone fits compared to you know when we shot the pilot it was literally like three of us it was me Sham and our DP Chris and the three of us were basically carrying everything finding all the locations, talking to everyone, getting everyone to go where they needed to go, and going from that to even now we have maybe like between 10 and 15, it's, it's, it's a huge jump. Like, that's a big difference. Yeah. Was there an aspect of the, of the process that was most difficult for you to let go of and let someone else handle? Well, I unfortunately, I am someone who um, I want to be in control a lot. I'm trying to work on that. But <laughs> um, it's never easy for me in my life to to almost like trust other people, especially with something that is so close to me. You know, it's so a part of me and it's so much a representation of who I am being able to let go of even the small stuff and know that it's going to happen is, is a hard thing to do for me. I mean, I'm, I'm working on it, but it's, it's still a challenge. Talking to other artists as an artist, it's really interesting to have those moments of like, you know, like I was watching your behind the scenes, like, 
oh my God, that's amazing. Like, you know, and it is like, it still <laughs> yeah. is. And, uh, but there's also, it's easy to forget like, oh, there's going to be like, oh, there's always going to be some sort of challenge of to, either within myself or within the crew or whatever to, to overcome. And there's, not, yeah. yeah, there's always a challenge. I mean, that's part of what I love about filmmaking as much as it's difficult sometimes is I almost feel like filmmaking is this puzzle and, and you have to solve it every time you go back on set or e- not even on set when you're, whether you're writing, whether you're in production, whether you're in post-production, there's always going to be something you have to solve. That's kind of the beauty of it. And that is part of where the the best things can come out of. So we're getting close to the end of this. And I forgot, okay. to, or did I remember to ask you to, if you were willing to do a second interview for my patrons on Patreon? Sure. Okay, yeah, great. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get better about including this in our email conversation. Um, so... We'll wrap this part up okay, um, and then do another interview. So if you're listening and you want more, go to patreon.com slash Michael Heron. And before we end this interview, we should talk about where people can find Brothers yes. and watch it and be amazing audience members. Yeah. So if you go to brothersseries.com, brothers plural, um, you'll find everything you need to know. There's episodes, there's contact info, press, all that good stuff. Uh, perfect. I love when it's really easy like that. <laughs> That's what we try to we try to make it easy because you would be surprised at how many times people ask where they can go. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like this is like a lesson. Like if you're a creator and you want people to like podcasts, blogs, magazines, newspapers, anything, if you want people to write about your work, yeah. make it really easy for people to tell others about what you're doing. <laughs> yep, yep. There's so many times that I'm like searching for like, okay, where's this person's Instagram? Where's this? Where's that? And it, like when it's nice and like, just go to this website, everything you need is there. Mm-hmm. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Knock it out. Anyway, <laughs> well done, Emmett. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So we'll end this part of the interview and uh, thank you for joining me on this podcast. Thank you.
from the EP They, that was Ray Spoon and Plastic. The track is called It's Modular. Ray Spoon was a guest on the podcast some time ago. I can't remember which episode, but I'll leave um, a link to it in the show notes at MikeyPod.com. If you'd like to know more about this podcast, MikeyPod.com, as I just mentioned. Send me an email, a review. I wanted to start a thing where I was reading reviews at the end of the episode, but there are no new reviews. Um, so awkward, but I'm going to keep saying it every week in hopes that you guys will start leaving reviews. So anyway, uh, thanks for listening. And next week's guest will be John Sackars, uh, who you may know from YouTube and his hugely prolific video output and music. He's writing songs all the time, and he's one of the most positive people I know. Uh, so I'm super excited to share that interview with you next week. Patrons, stay tuned for the bonus content interview with Emmett that will come out on Friday morning in the wee hours of the morning. If you're not already a patron, go to patreon.com slash Michael Heron, and whoever you are, I love you, and I'll see you next week.